This is Alan Appel, and you are listening to This Day in New Haven History on WNHH 103.5 FM and streaming live at newhavenindependent.org, community radio in the Elm City. Thank you for joining me on the time travel machine, and I'm here with my regular co-pilot, Jason Bischoff-Wurzel from the New Haven Museum. Hi, Jason. Hi, Alan. So, Jason, uh, we are uh, exploring... uh, uh, two two interesting years this week, 1828 and 1849. And on this day after the election, uh, I thought, or you thought, or we both agreed, it would be interesting to look at um, uh, something not political, but maybe very political, uh, a crime wave in New Haven. Yes. So tell us about what's happening and what people are feeling about... Um, a capital punishment and whether that will make a difference. Yes. So we're back in the year 1849. Yesterday we had jumped over to 1828, but we're back in 1849, the kind of nondescript years we had mentioned on our Monday episode um, about the uh, Madarin exiles. But today we're talking about this crime wave that was happening here and it was upsetting uh, local residents. And uh, it began with robberies, burglary, and murders. Right, that, and right. they go on to say, our city at the present time appears to be infested by a gang of thieves. Well, that's a good topic sentence. Yeah. Gang of thieves roaming the streets. Within a few days past, a number of robberies have been committed and various sums of money and other valuables stolen from houses in the upper part of the town, mostly from students occupying rooms in private dwellings. You know, that's, that's, it struck me that this is about Yale students, yes, uh, being and they call that the upper part of town. Yes, because as, as I've mentioned before, we've talked about in previous shows, uh, the idea of downtown initially was really based around uh, State Street, uh, the Custom House Square area, which is now uh, gone, uh, and it's approximately where the uh, Knights of Columbus Museum is today, and basically the Long Wharf. The maritime area that was downtown that was downtown yeah so this was the upper part of town around yale college right and when these college students who are being robbed in this article want wanted to have a good time and cut a rug or whatever they used to say they would go downtown yeah and, to see, long how, and see how the other half lived right okay yeah so the rogues take advantage of the temporary absence of the inmates which is another interesting expression here, right. while at prayers or recitations and abstract whatever they can lay hands on. Now, that's another term. To abstract means to make, to make lost. Yes. To, to thieve. <laughs> yes. Right. And in some instances, forcing open draws, desks, and trunks. I like the fact that it's draws and not drawers right and 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 then they go on to talk at some length about some other uh uh, other things that were taken at other locations and this is under the heading heading more robberies but and then and then the next graph um that has a list of problems it does not affect students but they call these burglaries So, uh, so there's no distinction between robbery and burglary by this writer and that a robbery and a burglary, by law, are are different. Uh, yeah, there's no real set distinction. I mean, here they're saying, I mean, perhaps maybe because it happened in a business, it was more of a burglary, or they 
they go on to mention here under the burglary. Yeah, read that those first sentences. The merchant tailoring establishment of Oliver Bryan in the Exchange Building was burglary yes burglariously burglariously entered. <laughs> this writer is really either either uh, inventing stuff as he goes along or anyway. They're using all that typeface that they don't get to use all the time. Right. Entered on Thursday night by picking the lock of the front door, the rogue then forced open a small drawer in the writing desk where he found about $63 in cash, which he appropriated to his own use. Nice. Together with a check on the city bank for $26.50 drawn by William H. Russell Esquire, the payment of which has been stopped so that the thief can make nothing by that operation. Well, that's good. But I always thought that a robbery involved... What they have in common is theft. Yes. However, a robbery has to involve uh, taking that which does not belong to you from another person in the presence of another person. That's, right. You rob a person, but you burglarize a, a house that's absent of people. Yes. But but this, this writer is just kind of running them together. Perhaps, but also they go back to mention the college robberies here. Uh, they go on to say that the object in this instance was doubtless money, as a gold pencil and other valuable articles were left untouched. So it seems someone's around collecting the cash. Mm. These robberies have no doubt all been committed by some persons who, quote, knew the ropes. And our college friends should investigate the matter carefully and see if they have not some, quote, black sheep in the fold. In the meantime, our citizens generally will do well to keep their doors locked and watch well their premises. Right. And then you brought in uh, an, another uh, article from the same uh, moment in time, same year, and it's more serious crime, the murders. Yes. And still, in this, in this apparent crime wave that was happening here in, in the Elm City, the murders. But little has transpired as yet to know any light of, upon this sad affair. It is generally believed, however, that the perpetrator of the deed is indeed an Irish man named James McCaffrey, who is the same person we alluded to yesterday as having been in company with Mr. Smith on the day of the murder. Yeah, so uh, this person is named, even though we don't know if the person is, a, is officially charged. And the fact that the person is an Irishman, you, you, you pointed out before yes. we went on the air, uh, does open a window on um, uh, ethnic relationships in 1849 in New Haven. Yes, clearly. I mean, they're making making uh, assumptions about this person. Innocent or innocent until proven guilty is not necessarily being applied to James McCaffrey. Correct. And... Uh, it can be said most likely because, as they mentioned, he is indeed an Irishman. Uh, and they go on to mention that they were well-known in some parts of Massachusetts and is said to be a desperate fellow. Right. Um, so we, we don't know, let me see, the results of this case just from this piece, which because it's ongoing, but it did prompt yet another... Um, uh, uh, and we should mention though that the the actual murder was a bullet uh, was basically fired a gun it seems uh, and uh, into the person of a murdered woman. So a, a woman here in the city was shot. That that's right. And was this East Rock? 
Or we, we don't know for sure. Yes, we don't know for sure. We can't ascertain from just what they're putting in here. But apparently one of the pieces of evidence, this is a, this is a bit of like uh, NCIS or whatever it is, the uh, New Haven version from 1849. Uh, it's uh, Mr. McCaffrey in his haste left behind um, a, a bullet mold the size of which exactly corresponds with the bullet found in the person of the murdered woman. Right. So he had actually made the bullet is what they're surmising that then killed this lady. Right. So that's that's what their evidence is against besides the fact that he was known as a desperate fellow. So right. this 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 publication is kind of piecing this together. Well, they're kind of they're kind of lawyering it in in the uh, right in the press. Uh, we wouldn't do that today, of course. But anyway, all this has prompted at least one letter writer to uh to write in that um, the only solution to this is to hang them high. Yeah, yeah, effectively. Uh, they're writing in that uh, the people here are all horror-struck by the terrible New Haven murders of the last week. They wonder what New Haven and even Connecticut is coming to when murder after murder of such impressive and horrible ferocity occurs in such rapid succession. The advocates of the abolition of capital punishment will seize on these as a new argument for their own political views. Strange that men on different sides of a subject can seize on the same events to sustain their own respective positions. Yeah, so, um, and that whole piece is very pro-capital punishment. Yes. But this put me in mind to ask um, uh, when the uh, movement to to ban capital punishment got started. This is something that I thought was very contemporary. But it turns out that even in the colonial period, uh, people were against capital punishment or at least um, the, uh, the gruesome or crueler aspects of it. Um, and apparently... Um, Apparently, by 1850, the anti-death penalty movement had gained success so that uh, nearby Rhode Island, uh, Michigan, and Wisconsin all passed abolition bills. Mm. And it was preceded by a campaign that said, if you have to execute people, do not do it by a public hanging. Right. So that was the first achievement. So what, they, what the authorities did is they, they kept hanging people. Uh, in the 1820s, 30s, 40s, 50s, but they did it in prison yards. Mm -hmm. So what was eliminated was the public spectacle. Right, right. For starters. Right. And in in, in the case of New Haven here, uh, originally hangings or capital punishment, that sort of thing, uh, being put in the stocks even, uh, would have happened uh, on the New Haven Green. On the New Haven Green. Well, between 1639 and 2005, uh, our state performed 126 executions. Um, and there was even one of a 12-year-old, the youngest person ever executed in Connecticut. That was in 1786. It was a Native American girl. Hmm. And um, the last person to be executed in Connecticut, by now the electric chair, had replaced hanging, but people were still hanged until 1937, and that last person was executed in 1960. And t uh, t today, this uh, it is uh, ab abolished in Connecticut. 
the uh, capital punishment. Right. Although I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, those uh, people, that was in 2005, but people who were facing capital punishment uh, still technically are facing it if they were convicted before right, 2005. Right, generally how that works. Yeah. Anyway, on this, um, on this uh, note of um, uh, uh, caution and um, crime, and uh, crime and punishment. Thank you, Jason, for joining me on uh, November 9 and taking us back to 1849 on this day in New Haven history.